Welcome to the Cambridge Judge Business School Podcast Centre. The driving force behind Cambridge Judge Business School's annual Leadership in Action series is Lord Dennis Stevenson, who's again been introducing high-profile business leaders to share their experience with MBA students. The series is well-established and highly regarded, but has it achieved all that Lord Stevenson envisaged at the outset? From my point of view, um, I've got a lot out of it. I've learned a lot from hearing my friends talk, and I've learned a lot by hearing the students talk. And I've also done what I wanted to do. One of my person was to develop relationships with a number of people of a different generation. And I've now got an address book of some people I'm quite close to who've been on it. In terms of the course as a whole, um, it's, I think probably it's been, judging by the feedback one's got, it's pretty well achieved it. I wanted to give students access to experience. And I think it does that. I also wanted to hit comfort zones and business schools are quite structured they deal with the big subjects I see a lot of people as MBAs trying to build careers by numbers having done very well educationally having done very well in the first five ten years and I want to hit at the assumptions to do with money lifestyle ambitions how they deal with setbacks etc etc I think we're getting a bit on that but as I said at the beginning it's a, in the eye of the beholder do you think you'll really you will feel you've made your mark when some of the students from the early days yeah. are invite you invite them back and they are actually on the stage. Actually, it's, it's, it's going to happen. There's a couple of people from three years ago who set up a business. I have a strong uh, view uh, that people setting up businesses should beware the venture capital industry and not give away too much of the equity and not invest too much money up front. And these two changed their plans... And so I lent them the money to get going, and I'm now a 4% shareholder in their business, and it's going very well. And actually, I'd like them to come back this year, and I think they'll come back next year. So it's happening, and there'll be several others. But what prompted you to take this on in the first place? When you get to a certain age, when you become an old buffer, people invite you to speak at business schools. And I was invited by Sandra Dawson, the speaker, and she gave me dinner afterwards. And over dinner, she asked if I'd teach. And I think to her horror and astonishment, I said yes. And the reason I did that was, A, my wife's always had a chip on her shoulder that I should have been a teacher and that I gave into mammon. And she's kind of right. I like teaching. And so I knew I'd please her. B, I've got a lot tied up in Cambridge. I was here, my, loads of my best friends, my children, I've got, and I've got other involvements in Cambridge. C, I've got a house about 45 minutes away. So I thought, right, I'll do it. That's why I came. Satisfying? I, I love it. I mean, it's very nerve-wracking because given I've chosen the high road. I mean, I could just boringly be me for five sessions and give lectures and talk about my experience. That would be less frightening. Actually getting really interesting people three at a time, which I do, or two or three at a time to come and talk, that's very nerve-wracking. A, making sure that these very successful, busy people can do it. B, prepping them and making sure that they don't um, go off in all directions. Um, It's satisfying but difficult. Looking back over the history, I mean, give me a couple of other names that you can turn around and say, actually, despite all my knowledge, my Mm. experience, I did learn something from them and I've taken it away and I'm using it. Oh, I learn almost without exception every session. I mean, but let me give you two examples. Alex Beard, probably one of the least known of the people who came, he's the marvellous person who I sort of found who is now Deputy Director of the Tate with Nick Sorota. He had this very simple concept of personal narrative. And it comes up because 
he's a guy who could be running all sorts of museums all over the world. And I don't know that he's refused jobs, but I bet he has. And what he said to the students, he said, all my life, I feel obliged to have a personal narrative, which means I can explain to myself and my children why I'm doing what I'm doing. And if I don't have it, I don't take the job. And my personal narrative at the moment for the Tate's right, and I find nothing, whether it's promotional or not, that satisfies it. That's, that is, I wish someone had told me that when I was 20. Uh, that is a fantastic way to lead one's life. Um, Mike Lynch, local boy, well, autonomy. Mike Lynch had a series of uh, advice he gives people working for him. If you're going for a knife fight, take a gun. <laughs> that's, that's quite down to earth. Uh, Lucian Grange, one of the few Brits running a worldwide market leader. He's the chief executive of Universal. He stood up and he said, Dennis has asked me for tips. I've got ten. The first tip, marry well. Which the class just you thought, you could see them thinking, what is he on about? By which he didn't mean marry money. But he then enlarged, if you're going to be under pressure, you better make sure your partner in life is a certain kind of person. So those would be some examples. Two years ago, you encouraged MBA students to, to look at careers in the yeah. public sector by suggesting that actually that sector would mm. need more and more skills, the kind of skills that that, that, that year had to manage it. I mean, is it something that you would now regret or would you repeat it? Let's get cuts in perspective. I mean, 15% or 20% over three years... It's very tough on people losing their jobs, but it's only a small minority. Uh, the advice stands just as strong. And not, I mean, I can't remember, actually. I, don't, I think you're taking me slightly out of context because probably my strongest advice was to set up your own business, which is, I mean, other things be equal, I think what every member of the human race should do. But I am hugely in favour of talented people working in, in the not-for-profit and all the public sector, not just the public sector. And I think the opportunities there and the challenges are immense. I'm, and the fact that you know, in life, one of my children's been made redundant already. I mean, that's the world we're in. People do get made redundant. And um, in the public sector, a relatively small percentage of compulsory redundancy is taking place. There's this huge dependence at the moment on entrepreneurial skills, innovation. Are too many eggs going into that particular basket? No, I also think it's far too sound-bitten a subject. You know, when people talk about entrepreneurs, they kind of think, oh, am I going to be like Bill Gates? I think there should be a much greater concentration on being a business person with your own business as a way of life. For me, if I had a choice between being on the one hand, ending up as the boss of a great division of some great multinational G of life, earning a lot of money and travelling the globe, uh, on the one hand, or... Any out of my own business, which might be five very efficient, very good garages, which gave me uh, sufficient income, a lot of challenge, a lot of flexibility in my life, I'd always prefer the way of life involved in that. So I think that's, uh, I think when people are entrepreneurship, innovation, there's a lot of soundbiting and cliching going on. And I actually think if people, and another thing people say is, but I don't know what business to start, um, which is kind of, I'm not sitting here, I haven't got a technology which is patent controllable which will conquer the world. Actually, the answer to that is go and get a job cleaning lavatory and find a way of improving the process and then set up a business doing it. So innovation isn't necessarily patent controlled great changes. It's just applying common sense to the way we live and the way we do things to do it more efficiently. And behind it all, why I think people, why I think that other things being equal, which they're not always, why I encourage people, encourage all my children and their friends and students here to think of setting up their own business is more to do with 
a way of life and humanity, common humanity. In what way? Uh, let's, let's address the way of life for a starter, because if you, if you are running your own business, you, are, you have got the worries of the world on your shoulders. You're trying to sell and you're trying to make sure that you're making money to, to pay those people who are working for if you. If you're running your own business, it says the following great pluses. First, yes, what you say is true. And yes, you may be working 724, but boy, you control it. You can decide exactly what you're going to do when. Um, second, you can decide the values by which your business is going to be run, the way people are going to be treated, the way suppliers, customers are going to be treated. And I think those are two huge pluses. Third, I personally think the satisfaction of shutting up shop at the end of a week and seeing income exceeds cost by X, that's the income I created, is infinitely more satisfying. However good you are as a corporate executive and saying, well, I got a promotion, I'm earning 10% more, because in truth, I mean, you may have got it by politics. If you, whatever, um, if you actually created a business and you created an income stream and a cost stream and you made the money, it's yours. But the first of those, it's the freedom and the flexibility. And yes, there's greater responsibility, but actually, I think that's much exaggerated. There's huge responsibilities and worries in most corporate jobs. Uh, when the head of, I'm going to take Jeff Immel to know him quite well, head of GE says, young man or woman, great opportunity for you. You're going to set up our power business in Kazakhstan. $100 million. Oh, I think that's a riskier thing to do with your life than borrowing a little money against your house and setting up your own business. And every bit is stressful. So, but basically it's freedom. Lord Stevenson, thank you. to this podcast produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School.